0: Black clouds cover the cityscape as the rain drips onto windshields and square roofs. A homeless man sleeps in the corner of an alley, with with his only cover being newspapers, the ink flowing off into the drains. On the sidewalk walks a man dressed in a black blazer, black concho pants, and carrying a black briefcase in one hand, and a black umbrella in the other his hair is well combed like that of a smooth talking marketer and his face shaped like a suave secret agent he passes by the slumbering hobo and slips a one hundred dollar bill in his raggedy cap the sleeping gentleman doesn't notice The man in black carries on until he reaches the skyscraper of seemingly infinite height, with a huge neon sign spelling out, Intelligent Informations Agency. The man steps through its revolving doors.
1: Uh, Great weather we're having, eh, Bob? Of course. The sunshine and rainbows all the way through. (laughs) (laughs) Any trouble today, Jerry? Meh. You know how it is.
0: There's always absolutely nothing. I know you guys have such good security
1: within your computers and whatnot. I wonder what's the point of being here at all? I assume it's to smile at everyone who walks in. Like a Walmart greeter, except you have a gun. It's the image the agency is going for. Friendly, but formidable. You really think I'm formidable? Of all my
0: flubbly jokes?
1: Jiggly bits? Well, there is a reason why our city hires so many large cops. <laughs> Very true. Well, I gotta get going. I have a lot of work ahead of me today. All right, Bob. See you tomorrow
0: morning, and you know what to do with the door. Yes, I do.
2: Oh, Bob, you came just in the nick of time.
1: Good morning, Mr. Sampson.
2: Why do you say that? Well, we just got some new intel from our agents down in Columbia about the whereabouts of some of those lefty terrorists. Could you put it into our system and organize it into a report? Of course, Mr. Sampson. Great, I'll have Jill send you the data. Oh, and speaking of which, I need a data and systems analysis today. There's a rumor of some bug in the system. Probably nothing, but could you also put that into a report before you leave today? Some of the uppers are getting pretty antsy about it, and it would really make life easier for all of us.
1: Certainly, Mr. Sampson. But couldn't you get the IT department to do that?
2: I thought of that, and apparently most of them don't have high enough clearance for some of the information in our systems. Can't have nosy people poking through our systems, you know. So we're going to have to do it on our own from here. Ah, I see. I can manage it. Great. Drop those reports by my office when you're done. Keep up the good work, Bob.
0: Stuck in the endless files of the database, a wry smile spreads across his face as he starts writing up his analysis of the system. After hours of writing, he prints his reports off and gives them to Mr. Sampson.
2: Wow, sure looks like you were thorough as usual, Bob. Thank you, Mr. Sampson. One thing, however, did you find the bug? No, I checked as thoroughly
1: as I could, and as the analysis shows, there wasn't anything of the sort. Everything is in working order.
2: Huh, well that's a good news. Good work. Thank you, sir. Good night. Have a good one, Bob.
0: Bob made his way outside into the night, standing under the glowing neon sign. He checked his phone, looking at the database of the agency. He gave a sly smirk at it, staring at his screen mischievously. He put his phone back into his pants pocket, lifted his briefcase, and headed towards his apartment. Meanwhile, over in the Downey District, neon signs were blazing in the alleyways. An assortment of shops, bars, nightclubs, and restaurants line the small streets, huddled together in a rainbow glow. A rugged and ugly-faced man in a black beret and trench coat passes through the crowds of disheveled and dirty people, bumping everyone to make his way through the thick body of proles. He gets to the main streets, watching for cars as he attempts to cross it ever so carefully. They zoom past him, and he manages to make it across to O'Reilly's bar and cafe. The shamrock neon is shining, but there are no lights on inside. He makes his way to the back alley and knocks on the back door. A man opens it, slightly ajar. Uh, can I help you, sir? "A hey, spectre is haunting Europe. Correct. Come on in. Nice. After being frisked for electronic devices and weapons... The man in the beret walks through a dark room, lit by gas lamps. There are low mumblings all across the room, and men with rifles standing near the doors and the front of the room. He takes a seat in a fold-up chair among the anxious crowd. At the front of the room stood a podium, with a red flag hung proudly behind it. An old, but somewhat muscular man with a long beard and hair, appears from behind the red flag, adorning a black turtleneck, khaki pants, combat boots, and a green-billed cap with a red star pinned to the front. The room hushed as he rested his arms on the podium.
3: Good evening, comrades. Welcome to the most important meeting of your lives, and this city's life. I'm glad to see so many of you showed up today, as this meeting was absolutely mandatory. Comrades, we have made great strides and successes here. We have gathered so many resources for our cause from the expropriation we have done right under our bosses' noses. I know it was an extraordinary risk you have taken, and I am grateful to have such faithful comrades in our fight against the fascist regime that is Aurora City. Give yourselves a round of applause. We have connected a massive amount of revolutionary groups from around the city to help us in the oncoming war that is about to ensue. Every organization has enough materials to supply, feed, and hydrate themselves from massive occupations of factories, offices, and government buildings, as well as a humongous surplus of food, water, and medicine to start food programs and free clinics for the working class of this city. Yes, it's all very good news, but we must face the inevitable challenges. We all know that the police and private security corporations are heavily armed. Many of you have felt the stings of the cattle prods the blue monsters carry around. They also know our every movement. (coughs) We still need to find more comrades who are equipped with the knowledge to make the technologies work for us, not the fascists! Fortunately, we have a comrade who can single-handedly destroy not just the intelligence technologies of the forces of Aurora City, but of the entire nation! You may know him as Robert Luger, but we all know him as Frank Langdon. Please,
1: welcome him to the podium! Thank you, Comrade Muriel. Thank you for having me, Comrades. I am very happy to be here today to begin the fight against the powers that be. As Nir has said, we are almost ready to stand up against our oppressors and create a better world. The only thing the ruling class has that we don't is technological superiority. They watch us every day of every hour and track us all the time. They watch our every step and know everything about us. Unfortunately... They gave me control of the means to doing all of that, and I'm going to shut it all down. I've spent all those years creating a virus that, with a push of a button, can destroy communications and the entire records-keeping system, rendering their ability to attract anyone useless. <laughs> and that's not all. I have here the entire database of all the activities that the U.S. government has been doing around the world onto an untraceable cloud drive. Once the virus is let loose, it'll broadcast all that information to the entire nation. It'll be on every channel, every phone screen, every computer monitor, every piece of digital media. The world will know what I've seen, and you will too, comrades. Now, I'm sure all of you know the plan of action, and it'll start as soon as the virus is let go. I'm sure you will all know what to do then. Thank you, comrades. Stay safe, good night, and good luck.
0: The grizzly faced comrade makes his way home through the dark alleys and din of the streets. His walk is relatively uneventful until he's about to reach his home. Two skeletal-shaped bald men in suspenders and combat boots appear from behind the shadows of the alleyway, with a swastika tattooed across both their arms.
3: Hey, you lost man? No, I know where I'm going. Yeah, well so do we. (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> call me scum! You know, call me scum! Enjoy dying in this alleyway.
1: This has been Revolutions, a Red Star Radio production. Written by Dale Emeril. The voice of Bob, Frank, and the man in the black beret was Dale Emeril. The voice of the narrator, Jerry, the man in the Green Beret, and a Nazi, was by unknown email. The voice of Mr. Sampson and the other Nazi was Jackson. If you would like to lend your voice to the play, message user damnman 1950 on Reddit, or email me at mikamika535 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.